You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stag Sports Wrap here on the Stag Sports Network. JJ Duke with Drew Kingsley and Drew kind of recording at this uh, period of time where Fairfield Athletics has just gone through an absolute wild period to start the year. Um, First off, how are you holding up? Because it's been a lot of things happening lately. Oh, I'm doing fine. I got got some good sleep last night, as good as a four-year-old and a one-year-old will allow. I'm ready to dive back in. To be honest, I'm ready to catch myself up a little bit on what happened the last two weeks and really exemplifying why this podcast exists. Yeah, that it does, because actually for you, you've basically been stuck inside the recplex for the last uh, five days, give or take, um, a couple hours in there, because Fairfield Volleyball hosted their annual invitational tournament. Uh, The grand total of games that happen on campus between the 1st of September through the 11th of September, which is basically since this podcast last was released, uh, 19 of them played across all different capacities. Not including the amount of welcoming back events for all of our student-athletes, because yes, school is now open here at Fairfield (laughs) University. Um, In addition to that, we had a bunch of different uh, projects that were revealed over the last couple days. We also had basketball schedules that were open. All of that happened since we've last talked. So, Drew, I think for you, because you you get to see a lot of what happens on the the behind-the-scenes stuff that people... You know, aren't always privy to. They see kind of what the end result of everything is. Um, if you wouldn't mind speaking to how chaotic this has been, but how well this Fairfield Athletics group has come together and really put on a great last fortnight. Oh, I'm always happy to do that. It's, uh, I mean, it really is a team effort, uh, starting from the top, from Paul Schlickman, uh, you know, getting everything organized along with Zach Dayton, uh, my boss, his deputy AD. Um, Start with Alan Gibson in facilities and operations, who, between him and his crew, got everything going. Um, our communications guys got everything going. Equipment room, I didn't even get a chance to make it down there, but I'm sure it was buzzing. Um, and a uh, shout-out to also you know people like yourself. Uh, Chuck Sadowski, our pal over at University of Bridgeport, came over to help with volleyball as well. Um, some work-study students who got back to campus on Labor Day and dove right in, really just everybody to make sure that we put on a first-class show for our student-athletes and also the visitors. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's you actually hit it perfectly. We're, literally, we had people that were working show up to campus, and then within 24 hours, boom, here you go. Can you help us with this, that, and the otherwise multiple welcoming events for our student-athletes, which obviously is great to see. We've been, you know, great to have all of our fall athletes back, but it's nice to have the whole crew together. Um, so it's great to see everyone back buzzing. Good to see a lot of the uh, home events as well, more fully packed than, you know, the last couple of weeks, which it, there's no knock. It's just difficult when it's August or early September and there's no students around. So it's nice to have the, um, the bleachers full again. Yeah, it was great to see some, uh, some familiar faces, some new faces as well. Uh, met a couple of freshmen who are really into volleyball. So they got their first live taste of Fairfield mm. volleyball. Hopefully we'll see them a lot more this year. Now, the uh, the last bit that I kind of uh, highlighted on in the open was that, yes, there's always going to be some sort of basketball news coming, and over the last few days, the max schedules have come out, which means men's and women's basketball have a complete schedule that you can see on our website. Also, all the information about season tickets are now live and available on our website. 
you can purchase them today. All the links um, and numbers that you need are there. And if you really want to see what the arena is looking like recently, Zach Dayton, the Deputy Director of Athletics, and myself took a tour. We got to put on the hard hats. We got to go inside. We're going to give you guys in that video, which you can click on. It's basically on the holding page right now of the athletics website, fairfieldstags.com. Um, kind of the vantage points of all the seats that you can have and all the different options, and the options are plentiful. So I hope you guys can check that out before you select your tickets. But just as a reminder, if you haven't looked, um, women's home opener overall, as we've mentioned before, November the 18th against Stonehill. The MAC opener is on December 19th to Iona. And the men's combo of home season opener and MAC opener is against St. Peter's on December the 3rd, which you brought the great stat up about um, facing elite eight teams in opening weekend play that doesn't really happen often for Fairfield. Absolutely. The women will have elite eight team Michigan uh, on the 20th of November, and then that MAC home opener and overall home opener versus St. Peter's, of course, the, the darlings of the NCAA tournament last year. And I don't say that as a joke. They were our darlings, yeah. too. Uh, we we take pride in having MAC teams be successful, so that that's basically a first for Fairfield Athletics having home openers in one capacity or other, opening weekend games, having two Elite Eight teams here at the on-campus arena. Can't wait. Things that we've already seen thus far as we dive into it with our, car, our core fall sports teams, and we opened with them last week, and I think it's kind of fitting that we open with them again because they're the team that's absolutely flying at the moment. It's Dave Barrett's women's soccer team who, at uh, the time of recording, have just completed their non-conference play. 5-2 and two record, perfect 4-0 at home, making Lessing Field an absolute fortress to play in. They're playing fun soccer. It's entertaining. It's end-to-end. You've got a lot of youth, a bit of experience in there as well. I know you've been watching more on the streams as opposed to getting out there in person, but your takeaways uh, from that group so far. Like you said, it's just it's exciting to see, uh, you know, some obviously some of the returners, also some of these new names, be they freshmen or transfers coming in, contributing right away. It's an exciting style. It's entertaining you know the way they move the ball around the way that there's a player like l scott who's just outrunning everybody out there there's players making great moves showing up on the sc top 10 yes, you should Thariel, uh, who also is on the opposite wing so if you draw enough attention to l you can't forget about maddie who's going <laughs> to equally do as many things going forward so that that's a scary dynamic and as far as results that that win over northeastern you and i traded texts about it that's Probably the biggest non-conference win since Coach Barrett has been here. Um, that's a that's a very good side that I think was a 4-0 win for them in mm-hmm. this matchup a year ago. So for the Stags to come back and do that. And then also, even when you look at the losses, a very good Princeton team and then a Dartmouth team, those Ivies are always tough. Yeah, that they are. And you know, I've been speaking with a lot of people involved in NCAA women's soccer that are outside of the Fairfield program, outside of the MAC as well, but always have an interest in you know just watching the local teams. And the, the statement and opinions are pretty clear that this Fairfield team, probably the best Fairfield team that we've seen in close to a decade, um, that's 
opinions of those that are you know well trained in this sport so that's not just me saying things this is what people are seeing and it's going to be really fascinating to see um what this group can do but drew mentioned that northeastern win which was an impressive performance from the stags to say the least uh, that was a 2-1 over the huskies and had a chance to chat with the goal scorers from that match which was maddie mills on her return from injury and then sam kersey netting the winner so here's my chat with maddie and sam after that northeastern game which was back on september the 8th so we're coming after an impressive win against northeastern and maddie i have to start with you because an absolute finish from outside the box i know this has been kind of a difficult last couple of weeks you score in your debut (laughs) pick up an injury then come back and score it's been an absolute roller coaster Yes, it definitely has. I've mostly just been working on getting back to being with the team, playing with the team, because I think we have something really special, um, and I'm excited to move forward. And kind of one of those is especially an experienced player, right? Coming with a new team, how has that been for you? You've been used to playing with Dartmouth all these years. Now, what was it special about this Fairfield team that said, yeah, this is a place I could be at? Um, I think right now we have a really good mixture of experience and some newer players, um, which makes this team really exciting. And I think what I wanted to bring to the program um, is a little bit of a sense of experience and leadership in the middle. Um, I play with Allie Kirby and Reagan Carmen. They're both great players. Um, Megan Carragher had the game for life today. So I think in the midfield, we've got something really good. And um, with our forward three, we're pretty much unstoppable. So it's been really fun. Absolutely. And Sam Kersey, I mean, just, you know, have a have a bit about yourself, right? Come in, score the winner on your debut. Come in tonight on this Thursday night, score the winner. I mean, how much fun are you having right now? Yeah, it's been it's been a really good uh, first season, but I couldn't have done any of it without my team. Um, Everyone's been so amazing. I wouldn't have been able to do that without Meg Carragher's amazing, brilliant serve. It came right to my head. And I guess Maddie and I just just like to score in the same games together. So (laughs) we work together like that. (laughs) It's a funny thing about this program, excuse me, as well, where like you play on this field here at Lessing Field. This team doesn't lose. A interesting one, Fairfield under Dave Bear has never lost a non-conference game in five years at home, which is kind of crazy. For you coming in first year, how much does it kind of have that feeling like no one's coming to Fairfield and beating us? Yeah, I mean, it's really it's really awesome. You come here and the environment's just great. The, the bench is loud and it's crazy and it keeps you hyped up the whole time. All of our fans, we have such good like outcomes from the other athletics teams and it really just the environment just so enhances the game and it just helps everyone in that sense. Now, the last one for both of you guys, this is going to be your both first experience in Mac soccer coming up very shortly. So what are you both, and Maddie, I'll ask you first and Sam right after, what are you most looking forward to once league play begins? I think the fun thing about conference play is that every game is a challenge um, and it doesn't matter who you're playing. Everyone's going to come out hard because it is conference. Um, And I think that's such an exciting thing to be a part of. It's so fun to go into every game knowing that the team's going to come out just as hard as you are. So I think that's what our team is looking forward to most. I also think that throughout our non-regular season, or at least the non-MAC, we've been challenging ourselves a lot, and it's really just been preparing us to play against the teams in the MAC because they come out just as hungry as we do, and I'm just excited to go for the chip. So again, big thanks to Maddie and Sam for chatting. By the way, congrats on Sam Kersey with another Rookie of the Week honoree. Already racking them up here early, things you love to see. 
Keeping it on the pitch, but on the men's side of things, Fairfield men's soccer doing some work after, you know, kind of that we talked about in the last podcast, a bit of a uh, topsy-turvy start to the season, an 8-2 loss to UMBC, but followed up by a 1-0 win at Navy. Um, They're 3-2 couple of wins since then in Albany 1-0 at home to open things up over Labor Day weekend and then after a 2-0 loss to Colgate who arguably is kind of the class of the Patriot League every year a 2-1 win on the road at Bryant and this is a group Drew right now I've got it on my notes I think it kind of works perfectly into what we're going to discuss with them is the table's been set now the next few games is really going to be to see how good this group can be. Oh yeah, they've you know Coach Reese has a we'll call it a competitive schedule, and when you put together a competitive schedule, you're going to have some wins, some losses, and in soccer, some draws along the way. That's just the nature of it in most years. But as you mentioned, and I'll let you get into the details right now, they're going to dive into a real a real gut check of what maybe a glimpse at what the possible ceiling is or what these guys can be working toward reaching this year. Yeah, I mean, so the time of recording, we're two days out from Fairfield Men's Soccer taking on Rhode Island. Uh, That'll be on Wednesday the 14th. URI, traditionally one of the better teams in the Atlantic 10. This year alone, they've got two results against top 25 teams. They drew on the opening day out of the Jeff against Penn State and then defeated Hofstra, who were at that time inside the top 10 in the nation. Um throw in a couple other results in there, including absolutely hammering UConn this past weekend. So that will be an interesting game. Then following that on Saturday the 17th under the lights at Lessing Field, Princeton, who all they did last year is have a perfect record in Ivy League play. (laughs) And then you followed up with Harvard on the road a week later, a Harvard team that's certainly always been in the mix for a top three in the Ivy. In that league, you usually get one to two teams that go to the NCAA tournament. So Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. We either know what the ceiling is or we know how good this team can really be. And Razamir right now, you know, stealing the show, three goals, two assists. That was always the question. John Philippe now exiting after graduating last year, that attacking trio of him, uh, Rasmus Sorensen, Ryan Holden, Thomas Drillian, those guys I think combined for some like 21 goals and 23 assists last season, which is wild. Um, But yeah. (laughs) Raza's doing his work. Uh, James Anderson saw in goal in the back. And it, it's going to be a nice little stretch before Fairfield starts uh, Mac play at the end of the month. Yeah, always looking forward to just seeing what they can do against uh, some teams that are sort of at the top level of the, the mid-major spectrum, at least, which in soccer, you're talking about nationally ranked teams. Yep. No, that, absolutely. It's always fun to watch kind of this level. Um, I mean, for those that may have not remembered because it was in that spring condensed 21 season, a mid-major won a national championship in Marshall who ran through everybody to get there. It's always possible. It's men's soccer and baseball on the, on the men's side that you always see a mid-major make a run. And I think it could very well be the same this year. So it's a great opportunity for Fairfield. So we hope to see you at that URI and Princeton game. And remember, of course, Fairfieldstags.com, the place to go for all schedules for all of your favorite teams. A team that we're not going to see at home for a while, (laughs) who was just at home a lot since our last podcast, is field hockey. Uh, they had a four-match homestand over two weekends, uh, two and two in that stretch, all competitive games. It started with a 1-0 win to Holy Cross, wrapped it up on Sunday, the 11th, with a 2-1 win over Lafayette, who were runners-up last year to American in the Patriot League last season. So that, that's a very good win. Losses, a 2-1 loss in double overtime to Albany, 3-1 to Drexel, but 
you can kind of take that with a grain of salt because Fairfield had a goal that might have been questionably ruled out. We'll never know. <laughs> um, that was within the last couple of minutes, and then Drexel go down and score immediately right the other way with a few seconds left to make it 3-1. But, um, you know, we, we knew that this group was going to have a lot of changeover, a lot of new players playing in different positions, but the words that I'm getting from this team is things are starting to click which is at a right time because, well, Jackie Kane certainly signed up. We were talking about men's soccer for the gauntlet. Here's the gauntlet for you. <laughs> On Saturday the 17th, away at Miami, Ohio, usually the team that comes out of the Mid-American, and then less than 24 hours, Louisville at the ACC. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be one of those. that It's going to be interesting to see how the group who's coming off of a good win goes away from home. It's that classic team bonding opportunity, but Drew – we feel like this is probably the place that we're maybe expecting them to be one result or the other could always change things, but setting up themselves nicely for what could be a good run in the NEC. Yeah, I think I talked about this two weeks ago, but it's still true today that uh, Coach Kane will shies away from nobody. She mm-hmm. wants to put together a competitive schedule and a nationally competitive schedule at that and she's done that, and sometimes that means you take your lumps on the results side. And uh, remember these words, because I might be about to say them about another team in a few minutes, but you take your lumps maybe on the results side, but you always come away from it better for it, and this team will be very well prepared when NEC play comes along, and it's because of these difficult games along the way. Yeah, difficult games, long road trips. I mean, remember Fairfield now add a really long road trip in NEC play with St. Francis in the mix, so that's going to be a six-and-a-half, seven-hour bus ride out to uh, western Pennsylvania. Uh, that will be one that, you know, if there's any time for team bonding or who's going to pick the good movies, you got to come through clutch there because that <laughs> that will really determine the uh, mood on that trip. By the way, um, shout-out to grad student Nora Ama, who's currently amongst the nation's leaders in assists, currently sitting on five thus far. So big shout to her. Um, last team... This is where you basically spent the majority of your past week is inside the Recplex watching volleyball. Now, Fairfield 6-5 and five, since we last talked. That's their non-conference record and what will be their non-conference record because it's only MAC play from here on out. Went 3-0 and in the Villanova tournament. Wins over New Hampshire, Lafayette, and then a five-setter over Villanova. Defeated St. John's to open up home action on this past Wednesday. Also in five sets. One and three then in the Fairfield Invitational, but all three of those losses came to teams that made the NCAA tournament in either the spring or the fall of 2021. Takeaways from this? From the non-conference schedule as a whole, and also from this weekend, it's really, uh, you know, we, we addressed it when the schedule came out. I've spoken to you about it. I've spoken to Coach Crest about it. This is an intentionally challenging schedule. This is a schedule made by a team that intends to compete to win the MAC and hear their name called on Selection Sunday and try to put themselves in a position to get a good draw in that tournament. Now, I'm not looking ahead. Obviously, we know there's 20 MAC games ahead, and then there's a MAC tournament ahead. But that's the intent in this schedule, and some of the results didn't go their way. But when you look at you know how they performed against Howard, a the perennial favorite in the MEAC conference, they, they went toe-to-toe with them. Obviously, five-set win over St. John's, five-set win over Villanova, a win over Lafayette, who's coming off their best season, possibly in program history, a win over New Hampshire out of the America East. This is just a team that's going to fight and scratch and claw, and they're playing these 
very good teams along the way. And to end up six and five, you know, you always want better, especially when you had a five set loss in there and a couple matches where in coach Cress's own words, they really got off to a slow start or just didn't show up, but you'll take six and five and you'll go into the Mac better for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean that Howard game was fascinating because it felt like it was a journey uh, that Fairfield started off looking a little weary. I mean, we have to remember that was their fifth match in five days. It was our, what that five setter ended up being their third five setter in eight days. Then they worked their way into it. You felt that the confidence was starting to get there. The ceiling for this group is extremely high. I mean, we all know that KJ Johnson is going to be KJ Johnson, and she <laughs> will at times need to shoulder some load, and she'll do the work. And then you know that there's going to be the players that will step up. Michaela Howd, obviously, last year's Mac Rookie of the Year, is going to be there. Um, tremendous work in the transfer portal. Sarah Daniels, you can understand why she is going to be a big factor in this team. We didn't see so much offensively this week, but you can understand when she's in rhythm, she could be the best middle in this league, and really there's some distance between first and second. Yeah, she is currently leading the MAC in blocks. She is, I believe, second uh, entering today in hitting percentage, and that's a high hitting percentage. It's in the 340s. So she's somebody, when you can get her going, she's always going to put the ball down when you get it to her, but when you, you can really stay in system and get it to her a lot, she's going to deliver a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, now it's going to be the um, the test for Fairfield. Their first four league matches away from home, and it's the trips that you, you're kind of happy that you get out of the way early. Um, Western New York, especially doing it in September and not November, where you can actually walk outside and not have to have a parka and multiple layers of gloves. We love the people up in Buffalo. This is not a slight, but it's just a reality. You're going in with that. Those are usually teams that are always right there at the end in terms of MAC tournament play. And then you followed up with Siena and Marist. Those teams, of course, Marist especially, are the ones that are always kind of knocking on that door, seeing a knock Fairfield off their pedestal. So if Fairfield comes away with a positive two weekends, come here to open league play on October the 1st against Quinnipiac, I think things could be on the up and up again. Yeah, that Buffalo trip, we talk about it in several sports. That's difficult even if those teams are down. Mm. But when you're talking about a Canisius team that was in the MAC semifinals and almost beat Fairfield, possibly you could say should have beaten Fairfield in the semifinals last year, that makes that trip tough. And Marist is humming right along. They also played a challenging non-conference schedule. I think they came away four and five from it. Uh, Siena's in the transition. They have a new coach, but they've got some talent. We saw that here last year as well. So these first four games all on the road, you know, as you said, it could be a gut check time. Uh, you don't want to say make or break. It's way too early to say that, but it will be a good test for the Stags starting out conference play. Oh, definitely. And we will, of course, be keeping you guys posted as we go forward throughout not only theirs, but all of our fall sports conference seasons. So in carrying on with our core fall sports teams here, we've actually traded seats a little bit. Drew Kingsley has been kicked out of the room. I have moved into his seat, and I'm now happy to discuss a bit of cross country because that has gotten their season going. And I'm delighted to be joined by the new first season head coach, Jake Duckworth, as well as senior on the women's side, Courtney Kitchen. Guys, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat, especially after what was a pretty busy weekend. Yeah, thanks, JJ. Happy to be on. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. And yeah, so right into it, right? You guys get going. Courtney up to Siena to start their invitational. Big weekend on the women's side. Big weekend for you as well. Uh, finishing 
14th, which is a pretty amazing start to the season. How, how did that event go for you? Thank you. Um, yeah, it was really exciting. It definitely um, gave me a lot of confidence starting the season off. Um, we ran the same course last year at the same time, and I, my time improved by a lot, so it's given me a lot of confidence and making me excited for the season. It has to be, because so you get to run the same course year in, year out, the same time. How much improvement have you, you – obviously, your time was – vastly improved from last year to this year but for your group as a whole I mean how much do you guys take away from it knowing that you go in week one put in all that work and then you see the results pay off yeah it's definitely we're all really excited I think we're coming into this year with a whole new fresh mindset especially having our new coach coach Duckworth who has been amazing so far um, I think we're all really excited everyone threw out some really great performances this weekend and we're all definitely really excited to keep building off of that for the rest of the season and for you coach it's one of those where like exactly you get a a fresh slate you're kind of this is your first coaching gig in the college game so what were you anticipating coming out of this weekend and as you're all of a sudden the faith is like yes we're right there we're exactly where we want to be after week one yeah, so I think the main thing was just going into the weekend with an open mind I wasn't really sure what we were going to get Um, especially uh, having a lot of freshmen on the team. We have four freshmen on the women's team and three on the men's team. And really that first race of the season for everyone, but freshmen especially, is really just about getting your feet wet and really experiencing that competitive environment. And I really think the team came out of the weekend doing really well. I mean, to name a few performances, Courtney obviously did incredibly well. Uh, Her time was a top 25 performance uh, all time on Sienna's course. And, uh, Kate Lanahan ran 37 seconds faster than she opened up on the course last year, uh, as did Emily Kachi. That's so it was awesome. Really a great weekend. No, for sure. And also, we should mention this was not just a women's meet; this was a men's meet too. So, yes. um, their performance as a whole, I know, a um, little bit of different expectations coming in. As you said, it's a very changed group. But how are you feeling after the first meet? Looking forward now to the rest of the year. Yeah. So on the men's side, we're in a little bit of a different spot. Um, a lot of the team was struggling with different injuries over the summer. Um, so I think that the results this weekend were not quite where we wanted to be, uh, but we're in a good spot to move forward from there. Coming into this season as a whole, um, what were, for you coming into this job too, what were your expectations of taking this opportunity, knowing that, hey, it's a chance to really make your name in the coaching side you're not far removed from competing but at the same time knowing that this is a group that has a ceiling that you guys really want to burst right through yeah so i previously uh before i began coaching at the collegiate level i'd been coaching at the club level for a while and i was really itching to get back to the team environment at the collegiate level and when i talked to paul before uh, accepting this position i was really impressed by the culture commitments at Fairfield and how they really uh, emphasize adopting a growth mindset. And I think adopting that sort of a mindset and creating a culture where we can all support each other in the challenges that we face each day really creates an environment where everyone can thrive. And I'm excited to see that play out. And Courtney, for you, I mean, obviously, this is your first season working with uh, Jake. And what's kind of been the big takeaway thus far? Have you seen kind of the mood change a little bit for the positive within your team? Yes, 100%. I was going to say, I feel like the whole team, it's just a new, totally new energy than we've ever had before. I feel like we're more motivated and um, excited than we've ever been. And 
think we owe a lot of that to Coach Duckworth. Um, just in the past three weeks, like it's just been so different, and um, yeah, we're definitely on an upward trend. No, definitely. And now for the you have a couple of more meets over the course of the next six, seven weeks before Max. So for both sides, obviously, as the athlete, what are you hoping to get? in the buildup uh, before that conference meet, which, funny enough for you guys, is literally the same venue that you guys just ran. It'll be changed a little bit, a little bit of a longer distance, but what are you hoping for uh, to get out of these next few weeks? Um, I guess just keep building on our training and fitness that we already have, and it always feels good getting to run the course um, prior to the championship, so you kind of have an idea of where the mile markers are and how you're going to feel at certain points in the race, and just kind of have a better idea of the course and we're running um this week we're running at van Cortland, which i don't know if you are familiar with van Cortland, but it's a really hard course lots of hills and i think that's really going to help us too because um sienna where our mac championship is is pretty much completely flat so i think the hell the hill um races will just kind of give us an extra challenge and make the sienna course feel easier no most definitely and on uh, your side, where do you, Jake, where do you see this, both of these groups going throughout the year as we get to the MAC? Like, what marks do you want to hit before then? Yeah, so looking at the preseason polls, the women were ranked seventh and the men were ranked ninth. And I really think that's underestimating the team's potential. I think as things come together throughout the season, we continue to build fitness. I think we have a chance to surprise a lot of people come the postseason. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But on the other side, even more so than uh, the results in championships, one of the main emphases is, uh, emphases of practice is just going to be uh, engaging with the process continually, uh, even more so than the results. I want to see my athletes challenge themselves every day to do hard things and to embrace a process-oriented growth mindset. And I think if we can do that together as a team, uh, then no matter how we end up, it's going to be a successful year. Definitely. Cannot wait to see how things go through the rest of the way, and we'll be uh, keeping an eye. Good luck the rest of the way, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, some final notables for you before we wrap up this episode of the Stag Sports Wrap podcast. Uh, we did mention in our first show that we will have some other of our kind of combo fall spring teams back in action. We did see that. This past weekend, women's tennis started off their season at the Quinnipiac Invitational at UConn. as Fairfield face UConn, Quinnipiac, and Army West Point. Um, good positive results there. There's no head-to-head wins or losses that come away. It's an opportunity just for players to get some match fitness under their belt after a long summer. Uh, Sarah Liu started her collegiate career off on a flying note with three wins from that. They'll be playing the women's side. will be playing at the West Point Invite on the 23rd through the 25th of September. Fairfield men will start the weekend prior to that, so this coming weekend, the 16th, 17th, and 18th, uh, down at Navy. And then they will be hosting an event the following week. Men's golf competed at an event up in Berlin, Connecticut, the Ryan T. Lee Memorial uh, Collegiate event. And after a difficult day one, Drew, you and I were talking about this because you don't often see a team put up a 15-stroke turnaround from day one to day two, but this course up in Berlin must have been giving away birdies like it was candy on you know a hot summer's day because Fairfield all of a sudden you know kind of lying in the weeds at the back third of the field. They jump up for a tie for six and had three players finish T25. Yeah, uh, Coach Holub asked if it was a, a school record, the fact that they hung a, 
a 10 under as a team yeah. yesterday, which is outstanding. Um, I can't say for sure it's a school record. I've got an email out to longtime head coach Len Roberto, but I can tell you I've been here a while and it hasn't happened in a while. A team 10 under. I mean, we have to put this in perspective. We we talk about golf on the reg in the first season of this show that it's hard to have a team finish in the under because you're taking into account multiple players. But to have all of your team shoot under par to have that big of a mark is a big number. And we've talked about it before how the ceiling for Fairfield golf on both the men's and the women's side could be very, very high for years to come. It's nice to start on a positive note like that, knowing that you could drop a huge number when you need to. Yeah, it's it's good to see because it's emblematic of the work these guys have put in over the summer. You know, they don't they didn't just get dropped on the course after not playing since the MAC championship back in April. They've clearly been putting in the work, and it showed right out of the shoot. Absolutely, and the uh, women get going at the end of September when they head up to Boston College for an event up there. So that does it for this episode, Drew. Uh, final thoughts from you. I know we're going to be, the next time we record, we'll be deep in the uh, throes of MAC play. Field hockey will be starting their NEC play right after we record. So this is um, a good time. It's always that classic time. You get the chaos out of the way early, and now you're in, and this is kind of the year, the, the time of the year that you want to be in. Oh, yeah. I uh, I joke with Coach Kress about that home volleyball tournament because I know it's coming. And uh, just for some perspective, my wife's birthday is September 5th and my son's birthday is September 19th. So I'm always looking out for when that tournament's going to be. And um, but yeah, it's just it, it it's just it was the centerpiece, at least in my world, of a very busy weekend and busy in a great way to see all of our teams back in action. You know, in a lot of ways, this is our first normal year in yep. a while. I know. Last year, the schedules looked normal, but they really weren't as far as some procedures and processes and things like that. So it's really great to see everybody able to gather and get together and just get Fairfield Athletics off and running. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Stag Sports Wrap. Let us know what you would like uh, for our next episode, which we'll record in a couple of weeks from now. Uh, we'll you know, get as many of our student athletes on here to hear their perspectives, their seasons are going. And yeah, give us a shout on there on social media at Fairfield Stags on all the main accounts at Stag Sports Net as well. And for Drew, I'm JJ signing off and we'll talk to you all next time. But until then, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.